This is the Poetry in Motion podcast on the Blood Red channel with Neil Fitzmorris, bringing you all the big news and even bigger views on Liverpool FC. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Poetry in Motion with me, Neil Fitzmorris, joined by uh, two regulars. One who's been away for a little bit, but he's back, and I'm very, very glad to see him back. Uh, joined by uh, Theo Squires from the Echo. How are you, pal? Not too bad. Cheers, Fitzy. How are you? Good. I'm all right, my mate. Good to see you again. And uh, an old friend has come back for a, a good chat with us. Uh, the one and only Dan Kay is back. How are you, Dan? I'm very well, thank you, Neil. Um, full of beans and can't wait uh, to get on that coach to Norwich. Nine o'clock Saturday morning. It's been a long old stretch. 18 months, basically, isn't it? But uh, yeah, everyone's buzzing. The season's finally here. Yeah, thankfully we'll be able to, uh, you know, just get rid of that, put that to the back of our minds. Unfortunately, what goes with, of course, is is the, is, is an incredible thirty year wait for the title that um, that seems to have just gone by the wayside now. But all the more impetus for us to put our foot down and try and uh, and try and do that again. With that in mind, Dan, I'll start with you. Um, we've we, we've had the pre season stuff now. We had two games, of course, Atletico and uh, Osasuna. Two very different teams, very different performances, different results. Very very interesting, mate. To uh, to see, well, to, obviously to see Van Dijk back is huge. Uh, Gomez as well, both um, both contributing in both matches. Um, the 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 uh, emergence of Harvey Elliott, who of course Blackburn fans will know was was the star of the show for them last year, really. Uh, but great to see him sort of coming into the frame, looking really secure, looking really uh, clever on the ball, confident. Um, did you see enough? Uh, Dan, in those two games to see that uh, Liverpool have got the squad they need to um, to recreate what we did not long ago? <clears throat> Whether it's possible to recreate what we did, you know, the last proper season that there was, I don't know if anyone could ever recreate that. What was it? 126 drew one out of the first 27 games. That's never been done before and I don't think it'll ever be done again. Yeah, in a perfect world, of course, we'd have liked a couple more players Um in, you know, it, it's we're all conditioned to it in the modern game to want a couple of fresh faces um, for for the start of every season. Obviously, we, we do have one in Ibrahim Kanate. That deal was tied up so long ago; it kind of feels almost like it was last season. But I think the important thing to remember is that this is still an outstanding Liverpool squad. That you know, not just the season that we won the league over the last three or four years has proven themselves to be a match for anybody domestically or or on the continent as well. Um, it is a team gradually coming to the end of a cycle. We all know that. We've all talked about it plenty over recent weeks and months. And that's something that's going to be an ongoing process over the over the season, over the next couple of years. But Jurgen Klopp seems in a pretty good place with things. And I think you look at the, the, these, the two games at Anfield on Sunday and Monday, you could say, you know, as opposed inevitably to the earlier pre-season friendlies, they do look a bit sharper. They do look you know, as close to being ready as, as as you can be, given the nature of a modern pre-season, which, you know, it was, it was a tournament summer. So, obviously, there's been a stag- staggered arrival of, of certain players coming back. So, I don't think anybody's going to be, ap- any team's going to be absolutely firing on all, on all cylinders. But as you said right at the start of your little intro there, Fitzy, you would hope, and I think, you know, an interview by Trent Alexander-Arnold over the last 24 hours kind of alludes to this as well. This is a Liverpool team that's, to some degree, has feels that they've got a point to prove. You know, they 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 won the league in fan, magnificent fashion, but weren't really able to celebrate it in the way they wanted because of obviously COVID and pandemic and empty grounds. It's a clean slate. It's the start of the new season. What they've done over the last three or four years counts for nothing. Come five thirty on Saturday, 
but you would hope and you, you do get the sense that there is this kind of thing burning inside and that there's a bit of unfinished business there and, and hopefully they're going to be determined to prove that not just to the rest of the league but to themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And, and um, Theo, Dan alluded to it then. The pre-season's been a, a different pre-season uh, in in, uh, in quite a few years now from, from the norm, what you're used to, which is very much a promotional tour, isn't it? It's very much a, you know, a, a, a shirt signing uh, operation and going over to America and going over to these places in the Middle East and going over to Thailand and there's something quite refreshing about it almost being old school, Theo, because of obviously the pandemic, because there was a, uh, obviously a tournament year as well. But it just feels like they've been probably every team, but certainly Liverpool seem like they've, it's something that, that, that as a coach, Jürgen Klopp would have really, really wanted to do rather than, you know, shaking hands. Not that he doesn't love doing that. And, and, and he's a great people person. We know that. But from a football coach point of view, it must have been really refreshing for him to get back to basics, have a team in close pro- proximity to him throughout pre-season, not so much of the of the of the corporate side of things, and just being able to knuckle down and and get his message across to the team, Theo. Yeah, definitely. Like you think they've been away for a good number of weeks now. First in Austria and then in Evian, and he's had most of the starting players, the star players, with him from the very beginning. You think the likes of Salah and Mane, they haven't had that in a long, long time. And for Mane especially, he needed that rest. He needed that summer break and that full uh, pre-season to go again. But it's one where if you're Jurgen Klopp and you're saying, what do you want out of a pre-season campaign? You want your injured players back from injury. We've well, got that with Van Dijk, with Gomez, with Matip. You want them to come through on escape. They've all managed to do that so far, touch wood. And you want your new signing to start well. Well, Canata, he looks a real player, doesn't he, from what we've seen so far in these friendlies. He's got pace, he's got power, he's got a hell of a pass on him as well. Granted, he's not been challenged too much defensively, but he's, you can see why they wanted him. And he's only going to get better because he's still a very young lad. You want to give your younger players opportunities. Well, how many teenagers have been out there from the under-23s, from the under-23s, and had a chance to show what they can do? And they've all staked their claim with differing levels, to be fair. But then you've got the very top, like, Kay Gordon, who's only been at the club six months, and he's now had this chance to play at Anfield in a starting team in front of fans and get a victory under his belt. Then you want your players who perhaps weren't part of the first-team picture, who weren't playing too well last year or had injuries, to come back and show what they're about, to say, hang on, we're still here. Well, Oxlade-Chamberlain's done that. Naby Keita's done that. Minamino's done that. And then you throw Harvey Elliott straight back in there as well. So one saying, oh, they've only signed one player. Do we not count Elliot as sort of a second signing when you think about it? He went to Blackburn, just a kid from the academy, had a couple of appearances. Now he's come back as one of the stars from the championship. You think how much of Aston Villa just spent on Buendia, equal star of the championship? How much did, um, what is it, West Ham spend on Benarama from Brentford? How much did Villa spend on Watkins? Championship players cost a lot of money. And Liverpool have just got one coming back to him for free, having had the season of his life there. And from these friendlies, you can tell how much he's enjoying playing in this quality Liverpool team and how that level of players are taking up a notch for him. And then, well, Mane's scoring goals, Yota's scoring goals, Firmino's scoring goals. Everything's been ticked. It has been as perfect as it could be for Jurgen Klopp, apart from that one little blemish that Andy Robertson's probably going to be out for a month or so because of that ankle injury. But then his deputy, we barely saw last year, Kostas Simikas. He's at the pre-season of his life as well. Everything's gone swimmingly, and whilst you know can't go out and say Liverpool are favourites to win the league because of the business that City have done, Chelsea, United, they're still in as good a position as they can be going as the campaign. 
compared to the titles race being like derailing as badly as it did last year when they're in as bad a position that they could be losing half the squad to injury. Yeah, great points, mate, Theo and Dan. Obviously, a lot of fans listen to this uh, and a lot of fans, generally Liverpool fans, will be still asking that question, though. Um, you know, last season, got rid of um, Dejan Lovren, didn't really replace and then paid a price um, through, you know, losing three centre-backs, didn't have that backup. Gini Wijnaldum's gone. Um, and a lot of Liverpool fans will point to the fact that his place and the type of game that he played has not been replaced. Um, do we see that being a problem? As Theo's just said, you've got uh, Oxlade-Chamber look really sharp. I know it's difficult. Look, you can't win. As soon as the results come through, people are saying, yeah, so what? You beat Osasuna. You're not going to win these these people who are going to see the, the downside to it. I thought this, I thought the Osasuna game was a great display by people, as Theo just said, who what you want to see in players is you want to see the gauntlet being put down, don't you, for squad players? You want them to go out there and say, well, look, I'm still here and this is what I can do. And I want a, I want a chance to get in that side. You can look at the Atletico game and say, maybe, maybe Atletico or Atletico Bilbao are in a strong position or sooner way playing-wise. But you still sort of virtually full-strength Liverpool side go one one goal up and then concede and then go off the boil. It was a game of two halves, very much like we've seen mm. most of last season. And that's what our full-strength squad, they they did that thing of taking a lead and then and then sparing chance after chance after chance and then conceding, come off the pitch 1-1. It's one of those things where the second game got announced so soon and you've got players there who are very much B-team, if you like, who were really going at it. But do we feel when we hit that knowledge pitch, do we feel like um, we have replaced Wijnaldum? We haven't cleared it, but do we have players that can that can do that? I think potentially there are players in the squad that can fulfil the kind of role that Wijnaldum did. I mean, Wijnaldum was an extraordinarily versatile player for Liverpool, and that's why he was such a key part of the success under Klopp over the last couple of years. And I think, similar to Firmino, those two might possibly be the two hardest players, or two of the hardest players to replace in that Liverpool squad, because you know, they, they tick so many boxes and can kind of try their hands to so many things. I think maybe in a perfect world, Klopp would have liked to have replaced, you know, to have brought in another, another senior player to replace Wijnaldum. But the position the club's in, which they've, you know, they've made very, very clear, certainly in the last few years, they, they have a certain way of how they believe things should be done in terms of recruitment. They don't want to overstretch themselves, particularly, obviously, because of the financial hit the club's taken uh, because of COVID. I think if they'd been able to move on some of the fringe players, you know, the likes of the Shakiris and um, Origis that might have brought in a bit of ready cash, um, then they might they, they, then we might already have a Wijnaldum replacement on the books. And of course, there is still basically two and a bit weeks to go until the window ends. So, so you know, and I, th- I think this window is going to be a little bit similar to, 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 to the last window. Everything's a bit cagey. It's almost like a game of poker. People are waiting to see who does what first. And then generally the things can kind of have a domino effect. Um, so, yeah, if, if you were to ask me, would I like to see Liverpool bring a replacement for one album? Absolutely, I would, because I think he's been a huge player for Liverpool. And I think you could argue you could bring two or three players in and not replace them adequately. But if we don't, if, if that doesn't become possible because of, for whatever reason, whether they're not able to get the deal they want, the player they want, or you know the, the ready cash flow that they need to facilitate such a deal, I wouldn't be feeling too anxious or perturbed about the course of the season because... One thing we do know about Jurgen Klopp is that he, the kind of the unity, the togetherness of the squad is absolutely massive for him. And I think you know the, the, this is a squad that, by and large, has been together for quite a 
a, num a number of years now. Obviously, there's one or two that have come in. So the the likes of the Chamberlains, the, you know, Minamino was terrific the other night. I thought. I think when he went to Southampton on loan, probably most of us maybe didn't expect to see him back again. But if you know, I think we have to put our trust in in Jurgen Klopp and in these players, and in Klopp's ability to get the best out of them. You know, for the, for the five or six years he's been at the club, there's been numerous examples of players who came in looks all right, but once Klopp's got into them and kind of attuned them to his way of playing, his way of thinking, they've gone on to deliver far more than maybe what we as supporters expected. So I think we've just got to have a bit of faith in that regard. Poetry in motion on the Blood Red Channel. You know what? We have to be positive about these things, Theo, don't we? Because obviously we live in a world now where. Certainly a lot of the younger Liverpool fans want it all now. They want to, they watch Messi go into PSG and they say, well, look at that front three. If we're going to compete with them, we've got to go and buy. You know, I was looking at, um, you know, you look at Pepe for Arsenal. You look at Timo Werner for Chelsea. These are signings that Liverpool were very much involved in. Pepe was nearly 70 million quid, I think. Uh, Timo Werner, 59 million. They have far from succeeded in the club. Putting a big price tag on a player doesn't necessarily guarantee that player is going to, is going to do what, they, what he's done. Equally, Liverpool have, Put down Alisson on a long-term contract. They're looking now at Van Dijk. So there's that as well. Getting and keeping hold of the players that you have got and making sure they don't want to wander. They are picking up bits here and there. We're talking, we hear about um, Jordan Security, Security going to, is it Leon? Is he going to possibly for 8 million plus add-ons and stuff? They got rid of Gruitch, they got rid of Harry Wilson. They have been recouping a little bit of money in. Um, but is there not a shout for these players that Dan's just mentioned? I thought Minamino was fantastic. And that, what I thought the main difference between Osasuna and Atletico in games was was Liverpool's press. Liverpool's press against Osasuna was relentless. It was that Liverpool press that we had that season where we just took everyone to the cleaners. There's that great uh, Danny Cabello, wasn't it, who said, uh, for Arsenal, said, they take away your air when uh, mm. Arsenal played in Anfield. It was a wonderful kind of thing to hear as a Liverpool fan. He said, they don't let you breathe. Uh, I was at that game and they were, the Liverpool were incredible and they just did that. They did that press. And I thought a lot of those players, the Miraminos, Ox as well, um, a lot of these players went at them and, and took away any kind of space Osasuna have. So there is an argument there, isn't it? That this, let's, let's be positive about this. This is a great Liverpool squad. It's a squad that, as Dan says, um, Jürgen Klopp can get together playing as a team, as a unit. And, um, you know, Thiago Fabino and Henderson and anyone other from that isn't a bad midfield, is it? Not at all. I think um, Thiago said in an interview maybe last week that Liverpool couldn't play how they wanted to play last season. And that includes that run to getting into the top four to finish third and clinch it just because of the injuries, because they were it was a patch-up job. It was just, we can't play how we want. We've just got to get the results on the board. We've got to keep winning so we can get into this top four. So it does almost feel like a reset button now. But um, Liverpool always going to have that problem when it comes to the transfer market that it is very hard to improve on their starting eleven, like whilst the players are still doing the job. Like you have the question marks over Roberto Firmino and his goal return, and then the age of some of these players. But the, that midfield you've just said there of Thiago, Fabinho, and Henderson—that's that, three world-class players. Who are you going to get that isn't going to cost the world that will take one of their places? And then you're saying to one of them, "You're going to have to sit on the bench now." It's why I'm not as concerned about losing Ronaldo as I could be. Because I don't think he would have been first choice when everyone's fit anyway. I think they've signed Canate. He probably is going to be first choice, given a few months to settle with alongside Van Dyke. But he looks like he could be a real player there. So they have potentially strengthened the defence. And then, well, if Salah's on form, Mane's on form, 
who are you getting to improve that front three? Like, yeah, you could go and spend two hundred million on Kylian Mbappe, but it's still you've got players doing the job already. You don't need to do it if you've got the players there, and that would just jeopardise the wage bill. And it's it's one of those where the players are already doing the job. You say, well, they're aging. Well, is Lionel Messi not aging? Is Neymar not getting to that same stage of his career now? Granted, he's a year or so behind. Liverpool are in a good shape, and it's probably the issue here where we're seeing Minamino do well in pre-season, Oxley, Chamberlain, Cater. They always do well in pre-season when they get the games because Klopp can give them the games because he's chopping and changing the squad. But when it comes to the actual start of the season and he has to choose his strongest eleven, he hasn't been able to. And granted, there would have been more rotation when, I don't know, probably when Liverpool going for the Champions League. But then when they went on that amazing run to win the Premier League, he didn't need to chop and change as much because it was basically just going to them, same again, boys, you're winning every week. And then he had the pandemic and it was all well, just putting out who's fit and they lost that rhythm, they lost that fluidity. Then it was the injuries last year. So when he had that such destabilising effect on the team when you're taking away so many of their key players, the rest of them just had to play through it. That's why Robertson was playing every week and Simicast couldn't get a go. You haven't been able to have a look at the likes of Minamino, Naby Keita, Oxley, chamberlain so It's one where they've got the talent and when they get the opportunities, they can deliver. But then we're very harsh on them when it is just a case of you go and throw them in for an odd Premier League game or a Champions League game and they don't have that opportunity to go. And it's very hard to say, right, 20 minutes, go and win us a game, go and change us a game. When you know if they're in that midfield for a good month playing four or five games, you would start to get those same returns. That's why Liverpool have got such a consistent squad. It's got that depth there because that quality is ahead of them. And that's why it's a different problem to what Man City have faced in recent years, because they had so many world-class players that they could chop and change. But the wheels are slowly coming off that a little bit now. When you look at Leroy Sane, he wanted to leave last summer, got his exit. Bernardo Silva is one of, what, three or four that want to go now. Their players are starting to be unhappy there, and Liverpool aren't quite in that position yet. So it is a case you've got to get the quality right throughout the squad. And just because we haven't seen them be able to showcase their abilities week in, week out, because how good the starting eleven is, doesn't mean they can't do it. So hopefully pre-season is a sign that in a normal season with fans back where you can rotate a bit more, you can start to see how strong a squad Liverpool have built under Klopp and they can go and compete for all these titles again. Yeah, and also versatility as well, Dan, because I think when you've got the likes of Minamino and you've got Ox, they're, they're, they're different setups for different games, aren't they? And if we get... Kate was fantastic pre-season, we saw that. You know, he's made out of crisps, so we've got to hope that he, he doesn't, you know, yawn, stretch and break his back. But, you know, if he's a possibility, I didn't even put him in a mix for that midfield. Uh, Simicast equally uh, was very, very impressive. And do you think that the um, the acquisition of Canate, obviously, do you think he's going to be starting with um, Matip? Or have you seen enough <laughs> about Van Dijk and Gomez to think that they could be there? You've got to put Canate in there, haven't you, surely, as, as a centre-back, as a, as a new signer? I think the perception for most of pre-season, bearing in mind that Gomez and Van Dijk didn't, they didn't start the first couple of games, you know, that their their recovery was a little bit staggered, certainly as opposed to Matip's. I think there's been this perception that it will be Matip and Canati that start at Carrow Road. I think Klopp said in, well, at the, in the last 24 hours that Gomez and Van Dijk are both in contention to start. But, and um, so, yeah, and, you know, if, if, if you'd, you'd think, particularly with Van Dyke, you'd be keen to get him in the team as soon as possible. But after such a long injury layoff, it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, it'd it gone to my head, I would expect it to be Canate and Matip on Saturday. But 
it's what Bur- Burnley at home the Saturday afterwards, and then the European champions Chelsea the Saturday after that. I would be very surprised if we didn't see Van Dijk back in the side for the Chelsea game, which is on the twenty eighth, I think. But you know they've they've been they've been very methodical. They've been very precise and patient throughout the whole recovery process. There's no point jeopardising it when they're almost back, when they're almost fit. And I think it's important as well for the likes of, of Massive and Canard, particularly Canati, to get a taste of English football. And for Massive as well, you know, to realise that um, he is still a really important part of this Liverpool setup. You were talking about versatility uh, just then, Fitzy. And I think that that's, you know, I talked about, you know, the evolution of this Klopp Liverpool, which ultimately is, you know, I think we can say we are. We're, we're, we're very soon going to be at the start of the process of. Shankly went through it, didn't it? You know, did in the late sixties, early seventies, the building of the second great side, and Klopp is going to have to do that at some point. So, and what's important to that, I think, is is to be able to have variation of tactic and of personnel. And looking at the squad now, you know, there's going to be injuries. Every football squad in every football season there's ever been has had injuries, and it would be foolish to think Liverpool won't this season. Surely, to God, it can't be as bad as. As you know, as as chronic as it was last season, which is even you know, with man and Fitz's years put together, I don't think either of us would ever have seen anything quite that uh, damaging as, as what it was. But you look around the squad now, and and, and there is options, um, hopefully to cover four injuries, and hopefully to you know, also to cover as well when he wants to do something different, when he wants to mix things up a bit and keep the opposition guessing. Yeah, and do you think Theo? I mean, Dan's just touched on the Denver. That season, last season, was such a, 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 a an out of the blue kind of strange, uh, never to be repeated, hopefully season. That it's in in many ways, it's it's given a false sense of where Liverpool are as a club, hasn't it? And I think it's it's and this is why this panic setting in of oh, we need to get back to where we. This is a great squad. It is a very very strong squad, a very strong squad that knows each other, that have had plenty of time to play with each other, had a really weird season last season most clubs did but Liverpool in particular and it's almost as though it's it's given a false sense of where they are and the fact that you know we need to panic by and get get players in I don't think we do I really don't as we said before Sivakas looked really good pre-season he's getting his chance Andy Robbo going over his ankle no one wanted to see that but there was a feeling of okay but with what we've seen with Sivakas we feel like we've got someone who can certainly stake a claim while Andy Robinson's um, getting over that injury and, and I feel like we've got that in a few positions around the pitch you could argue that up front we probably haven't but then if you've got if Bobby Bobby looks sharp as well if you've got him playing we've got Jota as well so I, I think there is a feeling that last last season's madness has sort of clouded the opinion of of what this what this club is Theo well I think I said it uh, on a pod at the start of the week that you look at the players now who are back in contention and that's Simicass Oxlade Chamberlain and those sorts that right throughout the pandemic, Minamino as well, sorry, that Liverpool, the inside talk was these are doing a really good job in training. They're doing exactly what they want them to do. They are just unfortunate it's circumstances stopping them getting into this team because we can't keep rotating. We can't make the changes because we need as much stability as we can get. Simakas looks like he is capable deputy for Robertson. You're just not going to see it this season. Oxlade Chamberlain is back to his very best in midfield, but he's also showing he can be a solid number nine. You're just not going to see it this season. And then Minamino, well, he's had a horrible start to his Liverpool career because he's come mid-campaign when they're challenging for a title. So he's tried to find his feet in the middle of the campaign, but then they've got a pandemic, so he can't really see his family properly. He's adjusting to a new climate. 
and he's not getting game time as well. But then they've got these opportunities now in pre-season and you can see them more. And you think, oh, the coaches actually knew what they're talking about. That's why you're getting the rewards from them here. And you think so many of these players in this squad have a point to prove for different reasons. Like Alisson, he, he didn't have the best uh, season last year for obvious reasons. We know why. And you could see how much it meant to him when he got the goal against West Brom, when he was starting to find form again. But then he's lost his place in the Brazil team as well. Like Edison replaced him at Copper America in the summer for the business end of it. So, well, he's got something to prove this season. Mohamed Salah will just do what Mohamed Salah does year in, year out. 20, 30 goals, bang, easy. But Sadio Mane's got a point to prove because he had a pretty poor season by his standards. And it, you could see how much it meant to him and it hurt him because he was desperately trying to find a reason. Why am I not doing what I've done in the years before? Roberto Firmino, he's got that competition from Diogo Jota. He knows he needs to stake a claim. And that was his perfect response with the fans back in midweek. And it's like, well, these are what they had last year, freak injuries. Like Virgil van Dijk, even Thiago, no one saw two bad injuries coming like that in the derby, did they? You get injuries in derby, but usually not like that at that extent. Joe Gomez, nothing we can do about that. It was an international duty. Apparently, he just went down off the ball, didn't he? That's him out for the season. Joel Matip and Jordan Henderson, normally they do miss some games, but for it all to come at once, your only hope is that can be out of the way. That's out the system now. Liverpool got all this bad luck out the way in one season. They can go again. And like I said earlier, it is almost a reset button because you've got these players with points to prove. They've had the full summer break. They've got that hunger there to go and prove what they're really about. And if you look at Man City, is that not what they had to do last year? Like they were this great team under Guardiola, but then Liverpool just stormed the title and you started to doubt them whether they really are up to it or if Liverpool are going to be this new dominant force. Now, they're the only team that really dealt with the pandemic season last year admirably. And that's why they ended up comfortable Premier League champions. But they still lost a fair few games along the way. Whereas now it's Liverpool's time to respond. And City did it in emphatic fashion. And you'd fancy Liverpool to do the same now. The only issue they have to actually succeed there is the fact that City, United and Chelsea have been blowing 100 million to go and sign all these players that they want and make that team the next level. So it's not going to be a case of the two best teams in the country going for the title. It's going to be four best teams in the country going for the title. But it's going to be really exciting, isn't it, for fans, whether you, whoever you support, if you're a neutral, to see these four great teams going for it. And it's something Jurgen Klopp's going to thrive under, isn't he? You know how much he loves that. We know how much he hated not having fans in stadiums and for games to be a bit anti-football. Now he can go back to basics and really enjoy it again and just turn around, embrace the fans being back and just see the smiles on his players' faces. This is why he's a football manager and hopefully he can get it all going right for Liverpool this season. Emotion on the Blood Red Channel. The start of the season, the pundits have already come out and they haven't given Liverpool a chance. Uh, not one of them have said they're going to. I mean, exactly, exactly what I was just going to say. Top four at best. Some of them saying we won't even get top four. Mark Lawrence saying second. Um, but that's another pressure that we could do without, isn't it? That's a pressure that hopefully the Liverpool will thrive under. As Theo just said, um, getting the fans back is huge. I think it's. I mean, I know, I know people will probably mock this, but I think it's. I think it's it's bigger for Liverpool than anyone else because of the link. You know, it's going to be a huge thing, isn't it? And just having that thing of Liverpool, just just the pundits not not talking about them all the time, just might give them that little edge to say, like, let's just go about our business. You know, as a club and as a city, you know, people have often said that we're never at our most dangerous when we're being written off. And I think, you know, a lot of... You look back through Liverpool FCs, you know, not just the... 
ancient history, but even even the recent history. You know, right right the way through. You know, on the on the road to on the road to Madrid, when we were going neck and neck with City. And I think a lot, you know, a lot of the narrative was Liverpool can't keep up keep up with this pace. They're overreaching themselves by by keeping up with City as far as they have. But we proved them wrong again and again and again. Um, you know, everyone, you know, even going back a bit further than that after Kiev, you know, people thought the wheels would fall off them. But this 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 Liverpool squad and you know the whole the mentality that's been instilled into them by Jurgen Klopp. Um, you know, it seems to actually take a quite a kind of a, a pleasure in. Improving people wrong, I, I think what they're all what they what they're all what they're pretty good at doing as well is tuning out all this background noise. You know, I think I think they're all well aware that, that this this kind of chatter is basically just what what comes with the territory in modern football now. You know, we, we, we win a game or two and you Brazil nineteen seventy, lose a game or two and you shouldn't be playing in the Isengari. You know, that's that it, it, it's all or nothing um, a lot of the time, and I think they're kind of conditioned and used to that. But you know. <laughs> Football has been such a difficult process for everybody over the last year. You know, I was I was pleased when football started again towards the end of the season when we won the league. But once last season got going, and you know, you know, let's have it right as well. You know, Liverpool won seven at Palace just before Christmas and went top. So you know, it what you know, it it was obviously it wasn't a great season, but it wasn't a horrific season either. Do you know what I mean? Obviously, there was that terrible run for the first couple of months of the new year, and they pulled it out the bag in the end. But even once the new season has started, even before the likes of Gomez and Van Dijk and everyone got injured, it felt such a hollow, soulless experience, you know what I mean? Not just as a professional journalist, but as a fan. And not even just watching our games, watching other games. Um, I think it, I think football coming back did give people a lift at the start and it probably kept people going to a certain degree. But it was it was not the same, you know what I mean? There's no way in the world it, it, was, it was a completely different animal altogether. So to actually... You know, we, uh, the championship started last weekend, didn't it? You know, and, and and I watched far more than I would have done ordinarily, just because it was so great to see people in the grounds again. You know what I mean? And 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 to hear that noise and hear those oohs. And I, I even watched Rangers the other night, which I wouldn't normally do. And to be fair, they made a fantastic atmosphere and then hilariously got knocked out. But that that that's a different story. So <clears throat> fans are important to every club, but I agree. I, I agree with what Fitzy says. Liverpool do have a unique relationship with our fans and I think particularly under Jurgen Klopp from the very first weeks of his arrival in the autumn of 2015 he has made it like almost his mission to kind of really channel that that connection between the stands and the pitch and you know older heads and wiser heads than me have said that there's never been a stronger bond between them you know even going back to the Shankly and Paisley days so it was inevitable that, that we would suffer Maybe more than most because of that uh, last season, and I don't think it's unreasonable to be expect that the fans, the fans coming back, doesn't automatically going to mean we're going to win the league by eighteen points again. But I do think it is going to put us in a better position to to cope with the the, the swings and you know what, what the, the slings and arrows are out of outrageous fortune that you get during an average football match. That's when you need your crowd, and I think that's when we really suffered through their absence the most during the last year when things were starting to go awry. And there's obviously six home games on the bounce between January and eight and April or whatever. Thankfully, those days are gone. The fans are back, and you know, hopefully, we're going to see you know a, a revitalised Liverpool because of that. Yeah, absolutely. And Theo, I, I mean, I said this on previous podcasts as well. I think the lack of fans also 
upped the game of the more average players, the more the players in the Premiership, all professional footballers, of course. But I think fans can intimidate and fans do a very good job of doing that at times. And I think not having any fans in. And I think that's why it was such a bizarre league where teams were capable of beating any other team on the day. Because a lot of these players that succumb to a lot of pressure from fans didn't have that. Didn't have that extra pressure. And that pressure's coming back now. And I think Liverpool players thrive on it. I think the likes of Sadio Mane suffered for it, suffered for a lack of fans. When you have world-class players, they want to perform on a, on a high stage. And I think when you have players that aren't such gifted ones, they get a bit of stick during the match. They prefer it when there's nobody there to give them that stick. And I think that's all going to change around again. Another thing we have to look at, Theo, is, is um, how many Liverpool fans would be moaning now if pre-season we'd have got rid of... Mane or Salah or who wanted to go or Alisson or you know we have to understand that we've got those two those two strikers those two players are amongst the best in the world at the moment and they're still here and they want to play for Liverpool and they looked very very sharp Theo. Yeah they did throw Roberto Firmino in there as well as a player who looked sharp and a player who uh, definitely missed the fans. And Yotta as well. Yeah all of them. <laughs> Liverpool have always had that relationship with the fans and that's why we talk about special Anfield European nights. That's why you can be 3-0 down on aggregate to Barcelona without two of your front three and win 4-0 to reach a European Cup final because Liverpool have got that extra backing at 12th man. While other clubs do, it isn't the same, is it? And you go to Anfield if you're an away player, you want to silence the crowd. You can now interpret that two ways or you could have done last season you've already silenced the crowd because they're not there or you don't have that pressure on you. You don't have that intimidation there to respond to. Now, some players do respond to it and they put in the performance of their lives. Others buckle. But what we saw without the crowds last year was that teams could just come to Anfield and defend on the edge of their own box, defend on their six-yard box. And I think it was Jamie Carragher who said, it is so easy to defend like that when you've got no space in behind you. The fact that if you played football like that, he could still be playing now because you don't have to move. All you do is just stand still, tackle your players, and then it's easy. It's when you have to be running in, backing in these players when the game's behind you, in front of you, and side to side. But if it's all in front of you, it's easier for you to stop. And that's almost what we had when teams were coming to Anfield last year because they knew that they could get an odd goal. They knew that Liverpool, when they're in that run of form, they'd start to doubt themselves when they're not getting too many chances. The two they're getting, they're not scoring. And then it would, all it would take would be a dodgy penalty or a defensive error and you're going to get a win, you're going to get a draw. That happened far too often. But now Liverpool aren't going to have that, are they? Because the fans at Anfield, they're so knowledgeable. They know when to groan, but they know when to cheer. They know when to make a noise to spur the players on. And it does turn a game. And like this one where you think from applauding opposing goalkeepers, there's that respect there. But then it can unsettle players as well if they don't know it's coming. And just to you can see the goal, well, Anfield is going to give you almost as large a roar as if they'd scored it themselves because now is the time to respond. And if a player needs a little boost, then they'll sing their chant. But if they need um, a pat on the shoulder as well because they've done something amazing, they'll get their chant as well. Liverpool fans know exactly how to motivate their squad. That is what has been so special for years down the line. And that's why it's good that so many of these players do have chants now and why Firmino in particular thrives under here in C Senor. And it's one where you go into that new season. I've said it before. You could. There is no reason why Liverpool can't go unbeaten at Anfield again in the Premier League. In fact, they did it for four years on the spin or whatever it was. It was only when they gave them a few fans back and then took them away again that that horrible run started at the start of 2021. 
now they've got fans back again, they're not going to take them for granted again, are they? They know exactly how important they are. And they're all entertainers, they're performers. They've got their crowd back. They've got their purpose back. And now we can see what they're really about. Mohamed Salah scores goals anyway, but we know how much of a difference it makes to Sadio Mane and we know how much of a difference it makes to Roberto Firmino. You just need to look at last season compared to their previous efforts. And um, If pre-season's anything to go by when they just had a few fans there and it's only sprinkles at Anfield, it's not even a fully um, a full capacity Anfield yet in those last two games, then what are we going to see when Chelsea come to town in a couple of weeks or Burnley for that first one, which is a 12.30 kickoff, which would normally be a horrible game for Liverpool because it's a team that they can get about amongst them and still defend deep and everything, and they don't like those early kickoffs. But Anfield won't be sleeping for that one just because it is that first game back, real football is back. It's going to make a massive difference for Liverpool this season, and it could be decisive in the title race because when it's your cities, your Chelsea's, United's coming to Anfield, it's almost a goal head start. We've seen it before. Hopefully, we'll see it again. Ah, well, what a little quote that is, Mr Squires. Liverpool have got their purpose back. Um, if, you, if you haven't got goosebumps before this podcast, I certainly have now. Anyone listening to this, anyone <laughs> downloading this, listen, if you're walking your dog, you've got your headphones on, you walk along the beach, wherever you are, just remember those words from Theo Squires. Liverpool are getting their purpose back. They'll get the love of the fans back. Poetry in motion on the Blood Red Channel. Boy, oh boy, Dan Kay, it is going to be an incredible um, season, isn't it? For just home games. I mean, European games as well. I mean, imagine if we get PSG, um, because we've still got, uh, you know, he's got, I don't know, PSG, he's got PTSD, I think, hasn't he, from the uh, from the Liverpool uh, return <laughs> game. It's going to be an incredible night and uh, it's just going to be an incredible season for fans, isn't it, Dan? You're so right. It, it is going to be, I think, a season, a very special season. I think one thing that a lot of people have said, you know, in in the wider scheme of things, far beyond football, over the last 18 months, living through this pandemic that we've all had to do, is I think it's made us all really appreciate what's important in life and what matters and what doesn't matter and what we are, the kind of things that we, we shouldn't let ourselves get too bent out of shape about. And I think you know, for, for, for someone that's been going the match since I was a small boy, you know, and I'm, I'm now in my early 40s-ish, um, they've they probably had... There probably there probably have been times over the yes, obviously when things have been going great off the pitch, when you kind of you've taken going the match for granted. You've kind of sometimes it's been even more most looked on as a bit of a chore. And can you can you really be asked today and this that and the other? But having having lived through a you know obviously not being able seeing Liverpool win the league with us all being kind of marooned from it and and left out of it, and then pretty much a full season, a full nine month football season. I was one of the lucky ones that got to one of the games in December. Um, you know, what, there was six thousand that went then. There was ten thousand that went to the Palace game. But so you know, tens of millions of football fans all around the world. What what happened in 2020, 2021 almost feels like a bit of a lost season. And it's easy for us to say this because we lost the title. And I'm sure maybe I'm sure Man City fans don't see it as a lost season. But for, football isn't just all about wins and losses and points and trophies. And it's about experiences and memories and friends and you know. We're all we're all deprived of that for so long, and that to me is going to be the the most important thing. Obviously, I want to see Liverpool do well. I want to see Liverpool win every game that they play. But if 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 the wheels come off and we do have a poor season and we don't finish in the top four or whatever, to me, I will just be rejoicing in the fact that 
fans are in the ground. We're able to go to the match. We're able to go to the pub. Even if we're not going to the match, we're able to go to the pub and watch it there. See our friends. Get back into the old rhythms and routines that have meant not just so much to us, but so much to generations before us. And obviously, we hope generations after us as well. That's what that's to me what football is about. People and the people have been removed from it for too long. But please, God, we're back. We're back for good now. Yeah, absolutely. It's just mouthwatering. I mean, uh, the the atmosphere is going to be f- just incredible, isn't it? I mean, it, it, that that being deprived for so long, we put that season to one side. Now that's gone. You know, we can't do anything about the seasons before. We can only do, do something about the seasons that are upon us and the ones in the future that we can we can uh, you know we can play in and we can do something about. And Liverpool are really going to do something about it this season. I've got a really, I've got a really good vibe about just the way the team are going to be. And 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 with that man at the helm. Uh, no one brings the human spirit together more than Jurgen Klopp. I think he's going to get that band of people together, and they are going to be a real, real force. I think. I think if anything, he's he's got an embarrassment of riches. You know, people might mock me for saying it, but I really think he has. He's got players there that really want to prove themselves. The 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 will given the opportunity will really rise to the occasion, and I think plus that plus the fans is going to be incredible. Having said that, Norwich first game of the season. Give us your lineups. Give us who you think. Uh, I'll start with you, Theo. Who you think should be on the pitch? Given what we've seen pre-season, but obviously the big players as well. Who are you lining up against Norwich, uh, Theo? Uh, this is a lot harder to answer after seeing the two Anfield games. I'll tell you that. Um, well, Allison's the obvious choice in goal. Trent's the obvious choice at right back. Simicas, he's the left back. There isn't really anyone else. You don't want to put James Milner back there. Uh, I can't decide on the centre-backs because it was one where you could see the sense in sticking Canate and Matip together to get them in that partnership throughout pre-season and that's what we saw early on. And then you can see the sense in playing Van Dijk and Gomez apart because they're both coming back from those injuries when they were starting games. And it's, well, what do you want? Do you want the partnership or do you want to do that? So it's one where it could easily be Matip or Canate. Matip and Canate, or it could be Matip and Van Dijk from what we've seen from these games. It's whether you take Klopp at face value that Van Dijk is ready. I think he's looked a little bit rusty. He's not back to his very best, and obviously that's natural. takes time. So I'm going to stick with Matip and Canate, but I think Van Dijk might be a bit closer than we think. Um, In midfield, Fabinho's definitely there. No doubt about that. I wouldn't play Henderson or Thiago just because we've not seen enough of them in pre-season. Henderson's rather late back. He's only had that late-ish substitute appearance. And Thiago, he's only had one sub-appearance as well, but he says he's been nursing injuries. So you'd expect Naby Keita to be in. And then it's, well, do you go Milner, Oxlade-Chamberlain or Harvey Elliott? It's a tough one. It's a hard one to call. I'm going to go Milner just so he can wear the armband. He's that experienced head there. It's incredibly harsh on um, Harvey Elliott, who had a great preseason, but you kind of want that tried and trusted there. And I will point out actually on Harvey Elliott that he was very good against Norwich or Blackburn last year. I think he got a goal in one of the games and he got an assist in the other. So maybe he can be a, a match-winning substitute if they gets that dire straights from. And up front, if you'd said it after the Bilbao game, we'd have all said Jota, Salamane, because that, that was what was playing through preseason. You'd think that's the first choice there. But I've still got that inkling now that maybe it was just because of the internationals. Bobby Firmino is not done yet. He is still just about hanging into that first choice front three. So he can be in ahead of Jota for now. And then we'll see how the season goes. 
that give him a sign of faith. He has delivered there with the fans back in the stadiums. He has proven himself time and time again for Liverpool. He, he deserves to have that chance to prove that he can go again. And for the basics of it, Jota is a better substitute than Firmino is. So that can be the starting eleven to go with and then take it from there. It, it might be a very different side come Chelsea if players aren't performing or Van Dijk's back to something that would resemble him before his injury. But that's what we want to see, isn't it? All this depth there to make these conversations so hard to have. And before it would have just been, that's your 11, that's all they've got fit, let's go. Dan, any um, any differences on that? I think it's a pretty good lineup. A lot of logic used there. What do you think yourself? It's more yeah. about dropping in round the round the people that we know are, we need to be in there, isn't it? Yeah, I, I wouldn't veer an awful long way from what Theo, from what Theo suggested there. I, I think I, I would go with with um, Canate and Massive at the back this week, and I would maybe expect to see uh, Van Dyke possibly given a go against Burnley. The week after, or certainly going to get. I don't think you necessarily want to throw them against Chelsea without a game. So, um, but yeah, my, my hunch is it'll be those two at the back. Obviously, the fullbacks and the goalkeeper kind of speak for themselves. In terms of the midfield, yeah, uh, Milner and Fabinho are the two absolute nailed on ones as far as I'm concerned. And then it's a bit of a choice. Cater, Chamberlain, Minamino, even. I was, you know, I, I really was very impressed with them the other day. And I just think also as well, you can't obviously be very. Be complacent, you know. The one time you don't really want to be playing newly promoted teams is right at the start of the season before they've had all that enthusiasm and optimism beaten out of them. So we, we can't take Norwich for granted. But obviously they're not Manchester City, they're not Chelsea, they're not they're not United. So I, I'd maybe just give Minamino the nod. You know, his, his deliveries from the flanks really impressed me the other night as well. So I just kind of think, given it's the kind of game where you, you think Liverpool will want to kind of impose themselves early, you know. The, Ironically, one of the last away games before lockdown was Norwich away, and it was a real slog for Liverpool that day. They won one 0 with you know a, a goal in the last quarter and a half from Sadio Mane, but it was a real tough old slog that day. You know, Liverpool would hope, I'm sure, to make life a bit easier for themselves this time around. Uh, and then in terms of the, in terms of the front three, yeah, as Theo said, Jota probably was. I think everyone was expecting him to come in, but I'm a huge Bobby Firmino fan. Delighted to see him getting a couple of goals on Monday night. I still think he's got an enormous part to play in this squad. He might not play 40 games this season, but I still think he's got a hugely important role to play. And I think um, we will start off with the traditional front three of Salah, Firmino and Mane. Yeah, pretty much nailed on for me, I think. I think the, I think you're right about Van Dijk, only because, again, we don't know just how fit he is. Um, but I think there's a big difference between friendlies and the cut and thrust of a premiership match with a team that want to go out there and really nail on their credentials against Liverpool and there could be a few nasty little tackles going in or a few certainly full-blooded tackles that you really don't want Van Dijk in unless he's in that position now. So I would definitely go with you on, on, on that. Harvey Elliott thinks it's a great shout to shout the stats against Norwich because that means that if he's at least on the bench um, and he doesn't start but he comes on, he's going to give Norwich something to think about if he's assisted and scored in, uh, in games previously against them. Um but I'm pretty much with you guys as well. Front three, I think Bobby definitely deserves it. He was looking really sharp. Often you see Bobby and he's either carrying a little bit of extra timber or he's not. And and when he does, it kind of affects, obviously, his, his, his speed. And I thought that goal he scored was that lovely little kind of give and go. And then the triangle, wasn't it? And then whipped across and then he banged it in. I mean, that was like old school Bobby, that. You know what I mean? Diving into the box and flicking that in like that. So, 
and he looks like he's he's in he's in the shape that he's been in uh, previous seasons, but not overweight. He looks like he's sharp. It looks like we've got a lot of sharp he's players. He's got his so, smile back as well, doesn't he? Yeah, absolutely, mate. I think, and I think, as I say, I think what we we've, we've already touched on this in the, in this pod. I think there's a hunger. I think there's a hunger throughout that squad. I think people want to do it, and they want to they want to prove that they, they they've been at the top of the tree. And no one, and and the fact that. It's, it's also it's almost been forgotten about it, not by Liverpool fans, of course, by but everyone else gives them that feeling of want to to redress the balance again. So, guys, listen, uh, thank you for your uh, for your input. It's been fantastic. I mean, I've been inspired by it. I hope Liverpool fans listen to this have been inspired by it. Liverpool with their papers back and whatnot. Fantastic. <laughs> thank you very much. The last time we started the season against Norwich, you know what happened. Um, so let's hope <clears throat> that that's a good omen for us as well. Onwards and upwards. Listen, wherever you are, whoever you are listening to, all of. Blood Red podcasts, as I always say, Ale Rouge with Pete and the lads, uh, all the Blood Red ones with the analysis from the guys at the Echo uh, and the girls in, of course. Everyone, thank you. Keep listening, keep supporting us. And uh, onwards and upwards, it is the start of what is going to be a fantastic season, regardless for Liverpool, just by what Dan Case just said. Liverpool being back, playing in front of the people who love them, the fans, the people who make them the club that they are. It is all coming back to us. Let us just enjoy a fantastic season with people hugging, shaking hands, seeing old faces and regaling each other with old stories. It is on the way back. And uh, thank you once again, Dan Kay and Theo Squires. You've been fantastic. All the very best to you boys and I'll see you all again soon. You've been listening to the Poetry in Motion podcast on the Blood Red channel.